So what I want to do is help women understand that what's important is not that they weigh themselves, but they weigh moments and that they're not measuring their food. They're measuring their impact. Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hi, Giovanna Rossi here, and welcome to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where I interview women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs about their lives and their road to becoming and being who they are today. Are you at the top of your game professionally, but feeling burned out or finding it hard to focus on your goals or unfulfilled personally? Or are you in transition, simply juggling so many things you find it hard to take care of your own needs? Well, you're not alone. We all need to activate the four universal superpowers. These are the internal strengths and abilities we all already have, but don't use all the time. Superpowers can be cultivated and they include awareness, intuition, action, and acceptance. Toward the end of the show in a segment called Superpowers for Success, I ask my guest about her superpowers and the answers will give you the strength, perspective, and power to live a well woman life. I'm so happy you're here. So thanks for tuning in. Hello, hello, well women. Giovanna Rossi here. And I'm excited to um, talk to you today about your weight. (laughs) Just kidding. We're not going to talk about your weight at all. We are going to talk about the fact that you don't need more willpower. You don't need to lose weight, change your body. You actually need more pleasure And when you reframe this, um, it's so freeing and it's such a relief to think, you know, I don't need to worry about counting calories. I mean, I don't do that anyway, but I know a lot of women do and the whole diet industry is full of these kinds of recommendations and things. So I'm going to talk to Susan Hyatt today, who is a badass feminist And uh, she introduces herself on the show as uh, wanting to smash the patriarchy. So love that. And she is a master certified life and business coach based in Indiana. She specializes in helping women get more of whatever they want, whether it's more money, more media recognition, more pleasure, more passion, or just more time to pursue meaningful goals. She's the author of two books, Create Your Own Luck and her new book, Bear. And you can find all the links to to the book, to her new book on uh, my show notes page, wellwomanlife.com slash podcast. And um, we talk today about um, how to treat your body with care, love and respect, not hateful criticism, how to shed everything that's weighing you down physically and mentally, and how to de-stress at the end of the day without relying on excessive food, alcohol, Netflix binging, etc, etc, insert whatever thing is the thing that you don't want to be doing. Um, So I love the way Susan reframes uh, how we're thinking about these things. And it's very much in line with my thinking. And, and I wrote a 
commentary that was published at the beginning of this year um, about, you know, actually about doing away with New Year's resolutions altogether and just really looking at what do you want to create in your life and what, you know, what joy can you create in your life in order to stop focusing on trying to get rid of the bad stuff and instead focus on what good we want to bring into our lives. So um, with that, I bring you my interview with Susan Hyatt. I'm speaking with Susan Hyatt today. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm super excited to talk to you for a number of reasons. Um, I first want to start uh, by asking you, Susan, who are you in the world today? Oh my gosh, what a great question. I am an entrepreneur. I'm a mom. I'm a disruptor. I'm someone out to smash the patriarchy. Um, I'm an author and an athlete. And um, I'm a woman who is just coming for everything she wants. Hmm. I love that. And so, okay, you mentioned smashing the patriarchy, which a lot of people don't put that in their initial, like, <laughs> who, you know, who they are. Um, you're, you're very upfront about that. Like you put that right out there is, and that's part of your, that's part of who you are, but that's also part of your branding with your business, right? Yeah. So it's interesting as a, as a young child, I grew up in a household where, I was the youngest of three kids. My brother and sister were seven and are seven and eight years older than me. And so I was the youngest child and I saw a mom who went from, I grew up in the South. She went from being a housewife that was very nurturing and a caregiver and doting and really um, serving my father to being a woman who decided that she wanted to go back to college and she wanted to go back to work and she wanted to do different things. And so I really experienced two moms, you know, up until about the seventh grade, she was very much the mom that when my dad got home, she would place his hot plate of food in front of him. And right. That was her role to being a mom who was like, I'm not cooking tonight because I'm going to yoga. Um, and and I remember as a young kid watching that and thinking like, well, why can't he get his own plate? And why are you, you know, just really questioning? We kind of almost grew up together. Um, and and so I in college, I minored in women's studies and. I really have always had a very strong um, mission to empower girls and women to to be paid the same amount, to be treated treated the same way, to be um, to be honored. And in my work as a coach, that really comes out because I, I'm just I've always been a woman's woman. Like I am here for the women. I am here to to help you get every bit of what you want, regardless of gender. Okay. But a lot of women don't know what they want. And that's a whole other conversation. I'm sure, sure. That, that you work on with, with women. Right. But yeah, you also took a, a kind of like a, a, 
you did a detour, right through your career. So you did, yeah. it wasn't just like the straight line, like I know what, you know, I'm this feminist that I want to do make this big impact. You um, also had other careers and focuses and you're a mom yourself. And so how did you, mm-hmm. how did you navigate that? And still, you know, find your, your calling and kind of come back to your truth? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So um, in college, I majored in political science and minored in women's studies. And right out of college, I started working in marketing and PR. And I did decide I was uh, six months pregnant with my son, Ryan, who's now 20. When we were moving, um, we were moving from upstate New York to the Philadelphia area for my husband's career. And six months pregnant, I was very conflicted, like in marketing and PR, no one's going to hire you in your final trimester if you're just going to go on maternity leave. So I decided maybe I'll, I'll try my hand at being a stay at home mom. And so I was a stay at home mom for about almost five years. Um, Emily, my daughter, AKA Cora Hyatt, she changed her name, (laughs) came along two years later. Yeah. So, um, here I am, this staunch feminist who's a stay at home mom. And, and it really was like feminism, right, is about choice. It's not about what you do. It's about having the ability to decide for yourself what what you want to do. But I really did kind of lose myself in that and wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I did reenter the workforce as a residential real estate agent because I thought, ha ha ha, um, I would have a flexible work schedule, (laughs) which I did to some extent. Um, But it really gave me a great taste of earning my own paycheck and being an entrepreneur. Um, And through that experience, really feeling like I was just working for the paycheck. I wasn't I lost my passion for it. In the beginning, I was passionate about it, but lost my passion for it and felt very conflicted, very sort of lost. Um, I had these two little kids and I was earning all this money and everything looked great on the outside. But on the inside, I was really questioning everything. And um, I'll never forget. My mom came to visit over the Easter holiday and she was like, I don't know what's happened to my daughter. Like, this is not my daughter. Um, and it really shook me up a lot because she was right. She was really calling me out. Like, like, this is not you. And I started devouring self-help and Dr. Martha Beck, who ultimately trained me as a coach, her book, finding your own North star is in my opinion, one of the best self-help books ever written. And it absolutely changed my life. I started doing the things in the book and eventually uh, signed up for life coach training with uh, Dr. Beck and away she went. But it was it was kind of a rapid transformation. I was for those of you who don't know what you're doing and you're looking for something, uh, you know, a book to try to help you figure it out. That is a great book to read. Um, But it was once I 
locked in on that. That was it. I felt like everything I had studied in terms of journalism and politics and, and women's studies really brought me all the way back to my roots because I'm now able to use my platform as a coach to speak about those things. Mm. Okay. I love that. And I love that you, you brought up this, this very common, it's a really common story, really, uh, amongst women, which is that we sort of go on this trajectory of what we think, oh my gosh, okay, just got interrupted there. We we really go on this tra- trajectory as women of what we think is right and what, what we think we should be doing and what's expected of us and and also what you know what makes sense in our lives at, at the time, right? Like you had these two little kids and so you you know you made those choices. But I feel like we get lost in that sometimes and then and then we have this big awakening if we're lucky, right? <laughs> um, and and then we wake up to it and and then we find that book that changes our lives, like the Dr. Beck mm-hmm. book. And you know, for me, it was, um, Byron Katie, um, loving what is. Yes. That was number two. That was the second one. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, what I want to ask you is, uh, so a lot of women are in that, in, in that situation where they're kind of like in the tunnel, so to speak, right. They're just like trying to make it all happen. They've got the kids, they've got the you know, the family, the house, the the job, the business, whatever. And they might get some sort of clues or callings or, or like, you know, that feeling of like, I, I just know that, that there's a better way here. Um, but, but what is it, what, what does it take for a woman to hear that and then act on it? So I think that for me, that was absolutely something I kept saying to myself. I know there's more. I know there's got to be a better way. Like this can't be it. I can't. Right. So, so many women listening probably right now, it's like you, you've jumped through all the hoops. You've checked all the boxes. You did everything you were told you were supposed to do. And you're still feeling somewhat dissatisfied, not passionate, empty, hollow, And so the thing that that had to happen for me was there was this moment where I was after my mom called me out, um, I was driving. I used to have a big Toyota Sequoia. You know, those are like refrigerators (laughs) on wheels. Mm -hmm. And um, my kids were in the second row in their car seats and in the very back. All my real estate signs were rattling and I was driving, you know, screaming down the road. And, and I was talking to another real estate agent. This is back when I had a Blackberry. Remember those? (laughs) Um, and I was arguing with this other realtor about a termite report. And I remember looking in the rear view mirror and seeing my kids, little faces, like they were eating snacks in their car seats and thinking, this is not how I want them to remember their mother. Like, always on the phone, frantic, driving like a maniac. And I started thinking about a question to ask is, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want your children or your friends and family? Like, how do you want to be remembered? And it's got to be something more than she just worked hard and, you know, did the laundry. (laughs) 
right? It's got to be, there's got to be something else. And you also don't have to have everything figured out to start taking steps to figuring it out, right? You can start doing little things for yourself, just taking time for yourself, self-care, um, you know, it could be the smallest thing like, you know what, on Friday afternoons, that's going to be my time to just sit in silence with a cup of coffee or, you know what, Monday mornings, I'm going to take two hours before I dive into email to journal and to get my head on right. Mm. So it can be small steps, small baby steps, small, yeah, like, bite sized things. And I really like your take on self-care. Can you talk just briefly about um, how you view self-care because I know it's not just about, and I talk a lot about self-care in the well woman community and it, it's really not just about like a fancy ma- manicure, you know, right. once, once, once right. a week or whatever. It, it's really about the small things, right? The little, right. the little pleasures. Well, there's such a difference between, I think, unfortunately, self-care has become something that must be consumed or for some reason we're obsessed that self-care equals grooming. It's like, you know what? A, A manicure is grooming. I mean, you may like it. Like I like the hand massage I get, but self-care is more about simple pleasures and, and that can be different for every woman. So self-care, you, you may need, um, as part of your self-care plan, intellectual stimulation or intimacy or comfort, or yes, it may involve, um, something that you buy, but it's typically self-care is assessing for yourself. Okay. Where am I feeling? What part of my life, where am I feeling depleted? And then I challenge people to come up with things to do that don't cost you anything. So, Yes, it's great if you can go get a 90-minute massage, but you know what? Sometimes it's just as satisfying to go sit in the sun and pet my cat, you know? Um, And so I do think self-care is number one, turning inward and assessing what is it that I actually need, and it probably isn't to go spend money. And number two, what can I do about it that's small right now? Okay. And I think this is really tied to something that I talk about in the well woman community, which is historically women are valued for two things, right? How we look and how Mm -hmm. we, and how we nurture. So like if, when, and how we have kids and how we parent and then how we look. And I know you have just written a book about, um, well, it's tied into that topic. It's called Bear, a seven-week yeah. program to transform your body, get more energy, feel amazing, and become the bravest, most unstoppable version of you. <laughs> I like yes! that. Yes! Hey. Um, and so I think, you know, going back to the way you introduced yourself, smashing the patriarchy, <laughs> um, we are we have been historically we've been valued by the way we look and so we've really internalized that as women um and and we we're really mean to ourselves and each other about it and so i know you probably address that in your book can you talk about that and and how that relates to your work absolutely and i love that you're pointing this out yeah so so women are taught that our power is in manipulation and appearance is certainly part of that and of course i'm out to disrupt that and and 
the journey with this book. So for the past 11 years, I started out coaching women um, on two areas. I help entrepreneurs make money and I help women learn to love their bodies. But 11 years ago, I was a straight up weight loss coach. And um, what I have discovered over the past 11 years and thousands of clients is that the real work is not um, counting calories and moving your body. The real work is doing the heavy lifting inside around how you view yourself and how confidence and learning to love the skin that you're in, regardless of what society is telling you your body should look like. Because if you haven't noticed, it changes decade to decade. Um, there's an artist who recently did a really compelling, um, series on, he, he took, um, beautiful women, women who were considered by cultural standards, beautiful throughout history and repainted them what they would look like by today's standards. Like if they were adhering to today's beauty standards and it was actually quite hilarious, you know, to look at, um, you know, Marilyn Monroe and Twiggy and, and all the different beauty icons. And if they were to conform to today's standards, what would be different about them? And so number one, it's helping women understand that this is a, this is a game you're meant to lose so that you get into this never ending cycle of consuming and spending money to make yourself look different than you are. So I, want to help women understand that you are enough and you don't have to change a thing about you unless you decide that's something that's important to you, but that, um, learning to love the skin you're in has nothing to do with counting points or doing squats. And it has everything to do with changing how you view yourself and what you tell yourself in your own mind. This episode of The Well Woman Show is brought to you by Collective Action Strategies, supporting organizations that support women and families, and by Well Woman Life Movement Challenge Quiz, your resource for living your best life. If you're in burnout or major transition, this is your time to figure out what's holding you back from making the changes you need to make in order to live your fullest, most joyful life. The cause of all of our challenges, personal or professional, can actually be rooted in the lack of internal superpowers and or external supports. Our Well Woman Life Framework tells you which stage of the Well Woman Life Cycle you're in and what to do about it so you can truly live your best life. You can find out more at wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. I'm so thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico, a monthly green healthy lifestyle publication. And for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. So what you were talking about, you're, you're really honing in on what um, a lot of therapists and self-help books really try to, <laughs> to help people figure out, right? Which is those, those very core um, fundamentals of like, I am enough, I am lovable, like, there's just a handful of them that that basically all of our issues are <laughs> tied into, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that most women walking around, um, there are some top 
limiting beliefs that everybody has. We think we're all so unique in our crummy thinking, but it's actually really common. Um, and, and I am enough is certainly one of them, but it's interesting how food and body triggers those so deep. And so, yeah, I'm really helping women. The seven step process is, is actually, um, fun. So it's not, it, these are deep issues, but the bear process walks you through it in a really surprising way. So, okay, so tell us about that. What are the seven steps? If you can go through them briefly. Yeah, sure. So I like to say, especially to all of the women listening to this podcast, like you definitely don't need more willpower. What you need more of is pleasure, which we talked about earlier. But the bear process is really rooted in that. And so the first step that we talk about is detoxing your environment. So what's coming at you through all of your senses? What are you reading, listening to peer group conversations? What are you allowing in your presence that is insulting to who you are as a woman and cleaning that up. Um, The second step is adding pleasure into your day. So I walk you through all the different categories of pleasure and how to do that. Um, We do talk about food. So the third step is mindful eating, eating with attentiveness. And then we move into sweat. So what feels like love in terms of movement? So ending the transaction between, oh, I ate this, therefore I must work out. And I'm reframing movement from a place of love so that you're moving your your body because it feels good. Um, We do talk about your closet in a really surprising way. So everybody gets really excited when we get to decluttering your closet. But what we work on is all of the things that come up around why do you have what you have in your closet? Why are you holding on to multiple sizes? Um, You know, many women have ambition clothes in their closet where it's like, oh, if I just lose another 10, 15 pounds, I'm going to get into that dress. Um, So that's actually a really interesting step to the process. Oh, and so does your does your are you saying get rid of that ambition dress? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. And also the other end of the spectrum where you're holding on to people hold on to um, several sizes up because they don't trust themselves that they're not going to pack on weight. Right. So it goes both ways. And it's having things in your closet that fit you right now that feel amazing and fabulous that you're putting things against your skin that you feel good in. I mean, right, like it's right up against your skin. So if the energy behind it is, I hate this and I just want to cover up, that's affecting you. So then detoxing your mind. So we do a lot of thought work in this process. And then the last part of the process is showing up and being seen and making a scene. So, so many women are hiding in their lives are hiding in the background. They're, they're literally hiding from the camera. And so it's a step in the process where women are, are made to, to get out in the front, show okay. up. Yeah. I love that. I love the seven steps. And, um, for people who want to know more about it, you can pick up the book and we'll put the links in the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash podcast. And Susan, how do you hope to disrupt the diet industry? I know, I know you mentioned that. 
<laughs> so what I want to do is help women understand that what's important is not that they weigh themselves, but they weigh moments and that they're not measuring their food. They're measuring their impact. So I, I don't we need to stop caring about thigh gap and we need to care about the wage gap. So it's really the disruption is taking the focus off of some of these standards that are ridiculous and bringing women back to themselves and back to their own power. So yes, they're taking amazing care of themselves and they're honoring the body that they have and not constantly beating themselves up and consuming more and more diet products and programs so that they shrink themselves literally. Mm. Okay. So I'm speaking with Susan Hyatt about her book bear and Susan, you are a, in addition to everything that we've just talked about, you're, you're a really successful entrepreneur and um, you've traveled all over the world with your retreats and different things. I saw you in like South Africa this summer, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I followed that and that loved the pictures of you with um, Sir, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Richard Branson. <laughs> Sir Branson. Um Okay, I want to ask you a few questions in our segment called Superpowers for Success. And the first one is, what does success in life mean for you? Success to me is a feeling state. So it's really an alignment of living my values. So yes, there are measurable things with success, like um, impact, you know, how many women have I served? How much money have I earned? But really success to me is the freedom and fun and alignment and the ability to have an amazing family life and also do work that's meaningful for me. Mm, okay. Love that. When did you know, Susan, that you were really good at what you do? Oh, what a great question. I think, um, I think I started to realize I was really good at it when clients started having amazing breakthroughs and things and, and saying to me like, oh my gosh, I've gone through so many therapists and coaches and this is the first time I actually get this or understand that. So it was, you know, um, as a new coach, I was very um, excited, but unsure. And so I think probably nine months in, I was like, wow, I, I think I'm actually pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah. So that is um, definitely something that we all look for, which is external validation, right? Like, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. proof that what we're doing is, is making a difference. But was there a, a moment when you quietly within yourself just knew like, oh my God, I rock at this. Like, I'm good. <laughs> well, I have to say... When I went in, it was April 2007 when I trained as a coach. And back then, when you trained with Martha Beck, you went in person. And I remember I hadn't even coached anyone yet, but I was so riveted by what I was learning that I didn't even take bathroom breaks. And I remember sitting there going, that's because this is what you're meant to be doing. So that sort of internal validation happened almost immediately. I was like, this is it. Ooh, I love uh, that. And yeah. you, what I love is that you can articulate when you heard that and that you listened to it, right? Because yeah. a lot of times we hear it and we don't listen. 
<laughs> right. Yes. Okay. So Susan, can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being? Yeah, uh, I am huge on personal habits that contribute to well-being. I would say one of them is that I am a consistent athlete. So I get up at 445 and I run um, and lift weights most mornings. And for me, again, it's not about the transaction of how it's going to make my body look, but it definitely is about how I feel when I do it. Mm. Yeah. And it's actually really helpful for mental health when you sweat like that. Oh, for sure. I mean, hands down, that's why I do it. It processes emotion. Mm -hmm. It helps. It helps every bit of my life. Okay. So what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? (laughs) Making a scene. So, um, I definitely, it's something that I used to get in trouble for as a kid. So when I, when I talk about superpowers with my clients, I'm like, Hey, what do you used to get in trouble for? Cause that's probably your superpower, <laughs> right. um, you know, talking too much, um, questioning authority. That is a superpower of mine that has always been there. And that shows up in your life now and in your business because absolutely. I mean, that's what I'm paid to do now. So I'm like, look, I go back and look at the comment section of all my elementary school report cards (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, well, it's paying off now. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I talk about that with women as well. I, and, and I say, you know, what were you always told to stop doing? Like, what were you told? Like, just, you know, you're too this, you're too that, you're too, you're too shy, you're too loud. What was it that you're too much of? And often that's related back to your superpower. Mm, yep, yeah. absolutely. So a couple more quick questions. Um, what advice would you give your 25 year old self? Wow, my 25 year old self. So I was a brand new mom at 25. And I think it was, I think I would tell her, you know, more than you think you do. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Do you think she would have (laughs) listened? I don't know if she would have, (laughs) honestly, at that point. I mean, she, and she probably wouldn't have known what that even means, but I would like to think my 25 year old self would have listened, but I was so nervous about being a mom. Oh my God. Yeah. It's well, it's tough. It's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's the hardest job. It really is. is. I I started being a mom older in my life. And so I had a full career before having kids, which Mm -hmm. was kind of the flip flip flop with from, you know, your story. And, and, and it's, and it's still super hard. So, um, uh, so what is your greatest challenge as a leader? You know, I think my greatest challenge, you mean with, um, with my company, my staff or out in the world at large? I think out in the world, like with with how you are a leader. Yeah. So I think my challenge is really pacing myself. So I, I want to be everywhere at once, which of course is not possible. And so my biggest challenge is pacing myself and making sure that I'm taking the time that I need to rest. That's so important. Mm -hmm. And Susan, what makes a good leader? 
Oh my gosh. So many things. I think what's important is, um, not just vision, but practical application. So a leader who walks her talk is important. A leader who has a vision is important. Also a leader who can articulate the vision in a way that people can understand how to participate and how to do it, you know, not just, um, model something, but also bring people along with her. Mm. Okay. And I think I know the answer to this, but I, I always ask this in my, in this segment, do you identify as a feminist? Yes, ma'am. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. What does that mean for you? Um, it's a really simple definition. I'm mean, a feminist is, is someone who believes in equality of the sexes. Okay. And then last question for you, Susan, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? Oh my gosh. I am reading a book called fly girls, which is about, um, female pilots because I'm taking flying lessons, which is a super fun book to read. And I'm also reading a book called good and mad. And it's about, um, just the outrage that women are feeling in today's political climate. Love it. Okay. Um, I have so enjoyed having you on the show, Susan. This has been awesome. Um, thank for, you. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. Um, for be, for those of you who have been listening today, definitely uh, check out the book bear by Susan Hyatt. Uh, at, you can get the links and everything at wellwomanlife.com slash podcasts. And um, thank you, Susan. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You are such a delight. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman Life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join us. Our monthly live event, Well Woman Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women, leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week. <laughs>